Okay. Okay, we are here. Oh yeah, we're ready to go. Hey, let me ask you. What is your strength? Your energy? Your vitality come from to live life? Hopefully you have that, right? Are you inspired about life? You feel like life is flowing through you? Where does that come from? Today we're going to see where it really comes from. And maybe, I don't know, maybe you have it, maybe you don't. Right here on New Hope Radio. Today we're going to take a fresh look at an old teaching. I like that, that's okay. A fresh look at an old teaching. Why are we going to do that? Two reasons. Number one, because we're meeting Jesus for the very first time, again. <laughs> also, because of the times that we are living in, yeah, fix these earbuds. I hate earbuds. Okay, because of the times that we're living in, we need the application of the teaching of what we're going to see today, the vine and the branches. Okay, so we're going to go back in time and we're going to listen to Jesus, okay? Now in John chapter 14, he told his disciples that he would send the Holy Spirit to reveal all things to them. Do you ever wonder how they remembered everything to write the Gospels, the life of Christ? How do they remember all that? Holy Spirit. He said that the Spirit would cause them to remember all the things that he said. And it was through the Spirit that they, yeah, wrote the Gospels, okay? He also mentioned things were not going to go well with him. He told them, the ruler of this world is coming. He said, well, he has nothing in me, which means he, he couldn't find anything in Jesus with which to accuse him. And Jesus, I'm telling you what, he was the lamb without spot, without blemish. He certainly was. From the beginning to the end, still is today. So now we turn the page to John 15, verse 1. And here's what Jesus said, and this is why this is so important for us. Here's, here's what he said. I am, ooh, the true vine. I'm not the vine. I am the true vine. My father, <laughs> he's the vine dresser. Now, you know what we are, right? We're the branches. We're the branches that grow off the vine. The vine carries the life to the branches. The vine dresser is the caretaker of the vineyard. And I think Jesus is communicating to his disciples, look, no matter what happens to me, my father will take care of me. He's the vine dresser. He'll take care of me. And I also want you to know something, that no matter what happens to me, my relationship with you will never break. My relationship with you will always be there. So Jesus wants his disciples to see that they'll never be alone. Even though he's going to go to the cross and die and ascend into heaven, they will still never be alone. Now that's good news. 
He's talking about relationship. That's a big word, relationship. You see, to God, relationships are very important. Oh, yeah, they are. You know why? Because relationships provide company, right? Support, uh, encouragement. They provide camaraderie, right? Somebody asked the question, what's the difference between, uh, what's, the, what's the shortest distance between two points? You know what the shortest distance is between two points? Friendship. Friendship. When you're traveling with someone, the journey is short. Okay? Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9, he said, hey, two are better than one. Why? They have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the other one will lift them, will lift them up. Oh, but woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Camaraderie is good. When Jesus sent the disciples out to preach the kingdom, right? He sent them out by twos, right? Hey, even Noah, when he collected the animals, he collected them up by twos. <laughs> Think there's something going on there with camaraderie? Probably. Except there's a boy and a girl, male or female. So the relationship that Jesus is talking about is the one between himself and his father and himself and the disciples. We got like a twofold relationship going on here. Jesus knows his father will take care of him, and he wants his disciples to know that Jesus will take care of them. So Jesus is turning them towards himself. Listen, I know I'm going to be gone, but don't take your eyes off me. Wow, think about that. Even though Jesus is gone, don't take your eyes off off of him. Keep looking up. That's what he's saying. You know, at a time like this, we could all use this turning too. We could all turn our eyes toward the Lord. That's a song we sing here at New Hope. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Oh yeah, I like that song. Turn your eyes upon heaven. Sometimes we have to look up. You know why? It's so easy to be consumed with the wrong thing. And you know what happens? We lose our focus on Christ. Yeah, if you lose your focus, you know what happens? You miss the mark. If you're shooting a bow and arrow at a target and you, you lose your focus, you're going to miss the target. So if you're living life and your goal is to be like Christ and you take your eyes off Christ, you're going to miss the goal. Now, Israel, <laughs> as a nation of God, they did this a lot. See, before this, Israel was the vineyard of God. Oh, he planted them. Hosea, the Old Testament prophet, he said, Israel is a luxuriant vine. God said through Jeremiah, yet I planted you a choice vine. David said in Psalm 80, you removed the vine from Egypt and you drove out the nations and planted it. He's talking about Israel. Brought them out of Egypt, brought them to the land of promise, established them, gave them a home. The vine then became the symbol of Israel. And you would see the vine on the gates. The vine was on their coins. So what Jesus is saying is, hey, look at me. Look at me. 
Doesn't matter where you are, what you're going through. Look at me. Oh, we need to practice that. Look at me, Jesus said. Why? I'm the true vine. Life flows through me into my branches. That's what we need to understand today. Life flows through Christ into his branches. Where the branches? What happened with Israel many times, they became unfaithful. They were the vine of God, but they weren't the true vine. Jesus said, I'm the true vine. I'm the one you get your strength from. And think about it. It's not from your nation. It's not from your government. It's not the fact that you are Jewish. No. It's through a relationship with me. And what Jesus is saying is, man, all that other stuff doesn't matter. That which matters and that which gives you life is your connection with me. Outside of being connected with me, you got no life. Because the life flows through the vine into the branches. Okay? So we've got to maintain that relationship. John the Baptist said something similar in his preaching. He said, do not suppose that you can say to yourselves, oh, we have Abraham for our father. John said, well, I say to you that from these stones, God is able to raise up children to Abraham. In other words, the Jewish leaders, and maybe some of the Jewish people, they were counting on their heritage to save them. Well, you know, I was born Jewish. I'm okay. I know I'm good with God because I was born. No, it's not about being born physically. It's about being born spiritually. That's what they needed to understand. They needed a rebirth, another birth, a spiritual birth. So Jesus is saying, verse 2, John 15, every branch, that's us, we're the branches. We grow off the vine. We get our life from the vine. But every branch in me that, ooh, does not bear fruit, hmm, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it. Why? God, why, why are you pruning that branch? It's doing so good. So that it may bear more fruit. Now, let me give you a little lesson on vine growing. Okay, then we can really understand what Jesus is saying. Okay, vines were grown all over Palestine. Oh, yeah. You know, the beautiful thing about a vine, it's a picture of a settled down life because it takes time to grow a vine. Up until they get into the land of promise, they were more like nomads. They were wanderers. But once they got in, oh, now they could build houses and plant vineyards. And it was a settled down life. So these vineyards, they were all over the place. Also, vineyards required a great deal of attention. Yeah, you, you didn't just plant the grape seed and walk away. You had to trim the, the bushes. You know, you actually had to direct the vine and tie it to make sure it went in the right direction. They like the vineyards, they like the vines to grow toward the sun. They get the solar nutrients, solar power. <laughs> solar power for the vineyards back in those days. The ground they grew in had to be clean, 
They had to make sure that the ground was not infested with bugs, that it was good, healthy soil. They, they cultivated the soil. It was clean soil. Like I said, the vine was trained in which way it should grow on the trellises or if they had it on forked sticks. They trained it to go a certain way, and they all went in the same direction. At the end of the season, uh-oh, drastic pruning was necessary. They cut that baby down, whack, cut it right down. Now, the vineyard bears two kinds of branches. Some branches were fruitful. They had a lot of grapes. And when they were fruitful, yeah, they were pruned. And I'll tell you why shortly. And then other branches were unfruitful. And those that were unfruitful, they were cut and removed so that they would not drain the life from the rest of the branches. See, if a branch wasn't going to produce grapes, then the vine dresser would come and he'd remove the branch. Why? He's sucking up all the sap. Hey, it's like, if you're not going to make grapes, then you don't get any sap. I'll whack you off and throw you away. Let the sap go into the good branches. Okay? The wood of the vine, if it produced no fruit, was good for nothing but to be burned in a fire. It was kindling. So they'd use it to stop fires. Okay? That's all they did with it. It was kindling. You see? So you didn't want the sap going into non-productive branches. It would be a waste of good sap, a waste of vine life, so to speak. That's why they were cut and removed. Principle, here it comes. This is the lesson. Uselessness invites disaster. Think about that. Uselessness invites disaster. Now, remember we talked about the ground being clean for the vine to grow? Jesus said in verse 3, You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Now, what does he mean that the disciples are clean? It means that they are truly part of the vine. In other words, they're saved. They're in a good place. Not because they were Jewish, but because they believed. Because they accepted Christ, who he said he was. He was the Messiah, the Savior that came into the world, that he was God. So that made them clean. Okay? And what was it? The word that he gave them that did it. The gospel. That's why the word of Christ. Oh, that's the truth. You want truth? Read the word of God. That's truth. So Jesus said, okay, now that you're clean, verse 4, abide in me and I in you. We've got to stay connected. The branch has to stay connected to the vine. As the branch cannot be a fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, right? He's using a natural illustration to show them a spiritual principle. If the branch on the vine can't produce fruit unless it's connected to the vine, he said, neither can you unless you abide in me. You can't. If you separate yourself from me, guess what? My life is not going to flow through you. And you're going to be dried, 
piece of wood. So how you going to be? You're going to be a dried up piece of wood, fruitless. I want to give you an analogy. No analogies are perfect. But sometimes we just have to work with the ideas that we have, okay? So analogies help us to understand a little bit more the deeper things of God. Suppose there's a person who's weak and has fallen into temptation to the degree that, uh uh-oh, they're on a slippery slope. They're on a road to destruction. They've made a mess of things. Everything about their life is falling apart. Suppose this person has a friend. And this friend, oh, they're strong in heart. And they have mental fiber. This person, this friend, is compassionate and loving. And they come alongside. And they rescue the other person from his degrading situation. But there's only one way in which he can retain his reformation. Keep himself on the right path. And you know what that is? He must keep in contact with his friend. What do we call that sometimes? We call that accountability. He's got to stay connected. Okay? If he loses contact, all his chances to overcome are lost. They're gone. Maybe even gone forever. You know what happens? The old temptations rear their ugly heads. They come back. And he falls into his old ways again. That happens. That happens. So the lesson is this. His salvation, you know, his deliverance, It lies in continual contact with the strength and the life of his friend. For us, we must keep contact with the good thing in order to defeat the evil thing. Years ago, there was a a tradesman in old England. Let me show you how this works. Back in old England. And he had a little shop in the back room. There was a photograph that he held on the wall. And it was of of a great preacher that he highly respected. Oh, this preacher? He was this man's hero. His inspiration. Whenever he was tempted to be dishonest, or to fall in any vice, he'd run back to the back room and he'd look at the photograph and his temptation was defeated. Another godly man asked him the secret of his life. How did you stay so honest and so pure? You know what he said? I had a friend. That was it. He had a friend. Now, the friend was in a photograph. (laughs) And what he's saying is that Contact with loveliness 
made him lovely. Right? If you fall into a rose bush, you're going to smell like a rose. If you fall into something else, you're going to smell like that, if you know what I mean. So if you stay close to Christ, you're going to be like Christ. Abiding in Christ is where we get our, here it comes, Christ-likeness. How do we become like Jesus? We abide in him. And what was Jesus' secret? How did he stay so pure? How, how, how did he remain a lamb without spot, without blemish? You know how? Same thing. Contact with his father. He said, I'm the vine. My father's the vine dresser. My father's going to take care of me, and I am not going to lose contact with my father. And we know as we read through the Gospels, oh, Jesus is always going off alone and praying and spending time with his father. And that was his strength. And now we go off and we spend time with Christ. And you know what? That's our strength. That's where our strength comes from. Spending time with Christ. He would go off to a solitary place. And we go off to a solitary. It was like the guy ran back in the, into the back room to look at the photograph. Well, Jesus went up into the mountains to be with his father. Same principle. What's our secret? When we feel temptation coming, we run to Christ. And it's got to be intentional. So we have, here's, here's the key. We have to arrange our lives around him. You have to arrange your life around Christ. There are certain things in our routine of living that have to take priority. Okay? Sunday worship. You have to arrange your life around that if you want to be like Christ, if you want to be fruitful. Perhaps a, t a quiet time with God. Prayer for the saints. Worship music for the heart. We have to arrange ourselves around these things. They just can't be coincidences. They have to be intentional. So Jesus says, yeah, I'm the vine, but you're the branches. And if you abide in me and I abide in you, you're going to bear a lot of fruit. Because you know what? If you don't abide in me, you can't do anything anyway. You're done. There's nothing of any significance, any eternal significance that you can do if you do not abide in me. So we've got two things here. Number one, you enrich your own life when you're in contact with the vine. Right? The sap comes through the vine into the branches. And the branches produce the grapes. And when we stay in contact with Christ... The life of Christ flows through us, and we have fruitful lives. Oh, yeah, you want some fruit? Read Galatians 5, 22 and 3, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's the fruit that he wants to produce inside of you. And then, you know what the outcome is? This is what it's all about. You bring glory to God. That's the outcome. This is what God is looking for, that we bring him glory. Now remember in verse 1 where we started, Jesus said, hey, my father is the vine dresser. What does that mean? 
It means that God is in the business of growing fruit. In the natural sense, the vine dresser was in the business of growing grapes. In the spiritual sense, the vine dresser, God the Father, he's in the business of growing fruit. He wants fruitful people, not fruity people. We've got a lot of them. No, he doesn't want you to be fruity. He wants you to be fruitful. There's a difference. Fruity, ah, you're in la-la land. Fruitful, you become a blessing to others. You reflect the character of God. That's what it means to be fruitful. See, this is the goal, and this is the joy of the Christian life. That's what it's all about, Alfie. You want to know what the goal of the Christian life is? To become like Christ and bear fruit. And then you know what the joy of the Christian life is? When we become like Christ and bear fruit. <laughs> we have joy. Joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Right? Joy is not happiness. Happiness is based on outward conditions. Joy is on the inside. See, if it's on the inside, it can't be taken away. You can't lose it because it's God's joy. So let's think about that. Let's think about Jesus being, no, he, he's, he didn't say, I'm the vine. He said, I'm the true vine. To the Jews, lay everything aside and come to me. And to us, you know, it's the very same message. Lay everything aside and come to me. Lay aside your heritage. Lay aside your good works. Lay aside your denomination or whatever your faith is. Whatever. Lay it come to Christ. Nothing in your hands you bring. Simply to Jesus Christ you cling. You come with nothing. And he gives you everything. I like that. The Lord gives you something. I'll tell you what. It's good. It's going to be good. Hey, listen, if you join the Hope Club, join the Hope Club. Get a daily devotional every Monday through Friday. Go to newhopecc.tv. Click the giving button. Choose fund radio. Fill in $3. Do that $3 a week. Hit submit. Fill out the info. Monday through Friday. I'll give you an audio file devotional. Start the day off right, okay? Thank you for coming along today. We'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.